You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. I'm Brandon White, as most of you guys know. For those of you that don't know, that's who I am. I'm the pastoral assistant here at The Well, and I wear many hats here at The Well from setup crew. So everything that you see set up in this room that we use uh, gets set up and torn down each and every week. And a lot of you guys are on that, and I appreciate it, and I thank you for that. Um, I also do communion, as you've seen. Uh, there's a prayer team. So I get prayer requests throughout the week from different people, and I also do prayer up here after church. I also am overseeing the hospitality team. That's something new that I'm doing. And so if you like the coffee, or you are somebody that comes in and gets greeted, or you're one of the nursery have a kid, gets dropped off in nursery, uh, I'm overseeing that also. Uh, I'm also part of the financial team, so as we get money, we determine where it goes and who it goes to and paying the bills and things like that. And then finally, <laughs> preaching on Sundays like today when Pastor Joe is not around. And my salary is really, really, really big. It's a big old zero. And I'm okay with that. I'm learning. I'm learning and I'm aspiring to be an elder here at the well. And so I feel called to be a pastor and I know pastors don't get paid much. I got told that when I was 15 years old that, that pastors don't make much. And I was okay with that. And so I feel called to be a pastor and some capacity uh, at some church, hopefully here at the well, and possibly one day leading or planting another church. Uh, in March, the position of pastoral assistant came available, and I accepted that role, and it's allowed me to, to further my pursuits of becoming a pastor. I've learned kind of the background stuff, and it's not just standing up here preaching on Sundays, although that's something that I do enjoy, preaching and teaching. And at least now, I've got the, I've got the pastor in the title. i got pastoral assistant, so I'm getting closer to where I want to be as Pastor Brandon. So I'm getting closer. So let's pray to open us up. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray that as we jump into this text, we can immerse ourselves into the story. And I pray that we can understand the story and that it comes alive to us. Uh, help us to understand that you alone, Jesus, will satisfy all of our needs. And that I pray that the people of the well, that they would be brought closer to you, Jesus, and have a better understanding of your desire to be with us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity for me to preach and teach the word. I enjoy it, and I thank you for that. In your name, Jesus, amen. We're going to back up a little bit in Scripture. We're going to back up to Luke 6 so that we can get an overview of where we were to where we're heading today. And so we're, we're going to back up to Luke 6. And as you guys kind of jump over to there, we're going to end up being in Luke 9 today. So we're backing up three chapters so we can figure out where we are. In Luke 6... Going forward, Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount. Gets up on the side of a hill or a mountain and he preaches the Sermon on the Mount. It's packed full of stuff and we went through that. And then he gets done doing that and he goes off and he heals a couple people and he raises some people from the dead. He preaches some more and then he forgives people. And then he tells some parables and then he heals demon-possessed people. Guy that had a legion many demons 
And then last week we, we learned about being sent on mission, how Jesus sent out the disciples to go on mission. And then this is where we'll pick up the text. We're in Luke 9, 10 through 17. It's titled, Jesus Serving, Jesus Feeding the 5,000. On their return, the apostles told him all that, what they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. And when the crowds learned it, they followed him. And he welcomed them, and he spoke to them the kingdom of God, and cured those in need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came to him and said to him, Send the crowd away into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and to get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we're to go to town, go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. And when he said this to and he said this to his disciples, have them sit in groups of about fifty each. And they did so, and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples, and set them before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And when he left over and what was left over was picked up twelve baskets of broken pieces. This is the only miracle besides the resurrection that is recorded in all four Gospels. If you want to read about it in the other, four, in the other three Gospels, it's in Matthew 14. It's also in Mark 6 and also John 6. Matthew emphasizes in his Gospel account of this that it was besides women and children. There was 5,000 men besides women and children. Many scholars believe that the actual number could have easily been fifteen to 20,000 people following Jesus. Either way, if it's 5,000 or if it's 20,000, that's a bunch of people to feed five loaves and two fish with. My big idea for this, this sermon is that Jesus satisfies our every need. And where do we find our satisfaction? Many of us find our satisfaction with the people we hang out with, with the cars, the trucks, and the motorcycles we drive. It's the electronic gadgets we use. I'm guilty of that. I like my Android stuff. The things that we collect, the hobbies that we have. I like to hunt and shoot my guns. And anytime that I get to go do that, it's a good day. Yesterday was hot. We still got to shoot guns. We shot watermelons. That was cool. What? Nah, they're like two and a half. I didn't pay for them. So I didn't care. Let me make it a little more personal because that's all easy to talk about cars and trucks and hobbies and things. But one of my dreams and desires is to be married someday. And I wrestle with that. I look around and I'm, at, I'm 30 years old and I'm single. And I see a bunch of my friends in a relationship or they're getting married and they're having kids. And I can honestly tell you that I'm excited for you. I really am. 
But me, I'm over here asking myself and asking God, when is it my turn? When do I get to have that opportunity to, to meet a girl and then to, to marry her and start a family and have kids? I want to be a father someday. And it's times like these in my life that my wants and my dreams and desires have grown so big that they become the focal point. They've gotten bigger than Jesus. If I can attain that, a wife, if I can get a wife, I'll be satisfied. Or maybe when I become a father, I'll be satisfied. I wrestle with this, this dream and this desire to not overcome me, to become sinful. And there are people in this, in this room and, and that have been part of this church that have, have heard my wants and desires. And they, they, it's, it's interesting they're jealous of me because I'm single and I can do what I want when I want. But I'm also jealous of them because they have a wife and they have kids. There's nothing wrong with having dreams and desires. Many of you desire to one day retire and there's nothing wrong with that or there's that desire to open your own business or something along those lines or to take over a business. But it's when, those, when that desire and that wanting becomes the focal point that it becomes sinful. So again, the big idea that I want you guys to understand and comprehend here is that Jesus will satisfy our every need. This is why we need the text. This is why I need the text. And I know that if I need it, you need it too. Jesus can satisfy you. Let's jump in the text and unpack it a little bit. There's three different people that I believe that are in the crowd that I want us to focus on. You can probably argue that there's more, but there's three main people in this crowd that I want to focus on. There's people in this crowd that are looking for the satisfaction of Jesus by starting an argument with the religious leaders. They were there for entertainment purposes only. By this point in Jesus' ministry in Luke 9, he's gotten a following. And the religious leaders didn't like it and tried to trap him in his words and deeds. You only have to look back a couple chapters to Luke 7, 30-35 when the Pharisees show up and ask him, and it says, but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. They then asked, they said to then, what shall I compare the people of this generation and what are they like? And Jesus continues saying, they are like children sitting in the marketplace calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance and we sang a dirge and you didn't, did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine. And you say, he's got a demon. The religious leaders didn't like John the Baptist because he was too clean cut. And they said, he's a demon. And then the son of man, he's come eating and drinking. And you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by your children. You had two extremes. John the Baptist, who didn't do what the religious people thought he should, and they didn't like him. And then you have Jesus, 
over here engaging the crowd and the Pharisees didn't like him because he was supposed to be a clean person. The people enjoyed watching Jesus and the religious leaders getting into it. They were hoping for a yelling and shouting and possibly a physical fighting between Jesus and the religious leaders. They were there for entertainment purposes only. It's similar to going to a hockey game. Why do you go there? To see the fights. That's why I go there. It's the same reason why a lot of us watch racing. If you guys don't have a car in racing, let everybody wreck. That's what I want to see. I want to see cars flipping. It's the reason why I watch it at times is for entertainment purposes. These were the people at the end of the day that would leave without satisfaction. It didn't matter to them what happened. They just wanted to see Jesus argue and fight. And then the second kind of people that I see in the crowd was people looking for a miracle by Jesus. Again, Jesus' ministry had been going for a while and people had seen Jesus perform miracles. The crippled getting up and walking, the dead people rising. By this point, at least two people had been raised from the dead. You had diseases of various kinds healed and demons cast out. Jesus got a reputation for performing miracles. And indeed, Jesus does perform miracles. Jesus was about to perform a big miracle right in front of them. He was going to feed 5,000 people, at least 5,000 men, probably more. And I wonder... How many of those people realized that that was a miracle? And then I wonder again also, how many of them wanted a different miracle? How many times of us in our lives have we wanted Jesus to perform a miracle and he doesn't perform the one that we want him to? And we get bitter about it. We get angry. We get upset with Jesus. Why didn't you do this? And yet he's saying, I did a miracle. There's probably those people in there that were hoping to see people getting getting healed. Jesus didn't do that. He feeds them. They were probably mad. The miracle Jesus performs, though, was only a temporary satisfaction. Their stomachs were filled for a time, but they would be hungry again. All these people looking for a miracle got to witness one, but it was a temporary satisfaction. And then the third kind of people in the crowd that I see was people looking for the celebrity status of Jesus. These people were looking to follow the rich and the famous. Jesus was famous by this point in his ministry. These people were following anyone and everyone who had a crowd. You only have to look on TV to find out who the famous people are. Look at the Kardashians. They're famous because they're famous. And somehow they got famous. And so now because they got famous, they're famous because now they're famous and they can have their own reality star, so which makes them more famous. And you have millions of people following them. These people wanted to be a part of a group. They wanted to say that they they, they, they were around a celebrity Love him or hate him, it doesn't matter to me, but if Barack Obama shows up in Hastings, Nebraska, you're going to go and try to see him. 
I know I would. I mean, come on. He's the President of the United States of America. One of the most powerful men on earth. I'd definitely go see him. Again, love him or hate him, you'll go see him. People say that Ronald Reagan was one of the greatest presidents who ever served. And in early September 1998, I was actually able to go see him speak at Hastings College. I was about three years old. I was three. I don't remember it. But I was there. We got pictures of Marine One landing on the old Elks Golf Course over by Hastings College where the stadium is now. The day before, they were practicing landing Marine One there. And then the next day, I went and seen Ronald Reagan. It's association with famous people. That's what these people were wanting. I can say I got to see Ronald Reagan, one of the greatest presidents who ever lived. And how many of you can say that? Some of you guys weren't even born yet. A lot of you weren't. And that dates me. My middle brother wasn't even born yet, and he can't even say that. And I can. Association with famous people. That's what these people were looking for, to be able to hang out with Jesus. Because he was famous. To follow him. And it's a temporary satisfaction, because famous people come and go. The satisfaction was temporary. In the early, or the late 90s, Britney Spears was a big hit. Millions of followers. She's a couple years older than me and she just released another album trying to stay on that high of having her followers. You go back further, you get Led Zeppelin or Elvis Presley. He's dead. Famous people come and go. The satisfaction is temporary. But Jesus isn't. Now that we've gone through the three different people of the crowd, let's turn over and look over at the disciples being satisfied by Jesus. The first way the disciples were excited about being with Jesus, they had just gotten done being sent out, and so then they show up. And I can only imagine that they're standing there with Jesus going, look at what I did, look at what I did, I did this, I did this, and they're jumping over each other. They're probably being led by Peter, trying to tell Jesus what's going on. They're jumping over each other, telling him what they had done, what they had preached, and who they had healed. Because it goes back in verse 6 of chapter 9, it says, they went out preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. The disciples had that power to do that. And then they show back up to Jesus. And it says on, in verse 10, it says, On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. They were excited to be with Jesus. And they wanted to be with him because Jesus satisfies him, satisfies them. Being excited about Jesus and him satisfying us causes us to want to be in church, to read the Bible, to worship to be in our GCs, for some of us to be able to preach and to serve in the church. It's exciting. Then we read on a little further. It says, 
In verse 12, Now the day had begun to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away and go into the surrounding villages and the countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for these people. The disciples at this point are shown a lack of faith, which made it hard to be satisfied. The disciples wanted to to send the crowd away to the towns around them. It's showing up in a town called Air, Nebraska, or Junietta. It's a small town. It can't deal with 20,000 people or 5,000. And so Jesus was like, send them away. Go to a bigger town so they can deal with them. And Jesus didn't want to. They thought Jesus couldn't produce a big enough miracle to feed all of them. They were trying to put God into a box. The disciples knew that there was no humanly way of providing food for all of them. To buy food for all 5,000 men plus the women and children would have been extremely costly. We have some bread up here. I could probably eat all of that in one sitting. That's one person. To feed just 50 of us in this room could get expensive. And that's what the disciples were saying. We don't have the money and we don't have the means to. The disciples had a lack of faith to trust in Jesus to be satisfied. And that's, this is good to know. This is good to know and to see the disciples in the midst of being around Jesus to know that it's okay to have a lack of faith. It shows us where we need to have faith to trust. Having faith in Jesus to to trust Him, to provide all satisfaction. We all fail by not having enough faith and trust in Jesus. And that's where we wander from Jesus looking for satisfaction. We look for satisfaction in the form of friends, family, husband, wife, kids, parents, grandparents, and siblings. We look for the satisfaction in our girlfriend, our boyfriend, our work, in sex, in pornography, in alcohol. We also look for it in drugs and medication. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking medication, but when you turn to that because you have an issue or you don't have an issue and you continue to turn to it, that's where an issue comes in. Again, having faith and trust in Jesus and He'll never leave you unsatisfied. Finally, by having faith and trust in Jesus causes us to submit to Jesus and we will be satisfied by Jesus. The disciples end up, sat, uh, end up submitting to Jesus' instruction by feeding them the five loaves and the two fish by getting the crowd in groups of about 50 and serving the crowd. I want you to know that submitting to Jesus will be hard. It's not an easy road. It's not an easy path. But Jesus does say that take His burden and it will be easy. Once you start following Jesus, it will be easy in the sense of what you can do. But it will be hard because people will look at you because you're different. People will make fun of you. 
because you're different. And it can be hard. And so then you want to fall back to your old temptations. To being able to hang out and have your satisfaction in your friends, your family, your parents, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your work. There are many things that can appear a lost cause until we submit to Jesus. I can only imagine what the disciples were thinking when Jesus told him, told them to feed the crowd. He tells them, you give them something to eat. Like he already knew the answer. And he did. But he wanted the disciples to figure it out on their own a little bit. The disciples started to complain, saying, let's send them away to the nearby towns. And then complaining about the lack of resources. We don't have enough. We have five loaves and two fish. That's not going to get us very far to feed 5,000. But once they submitted to Jesus, it became easier and more manageable. Jesus told them to set them down in groups of about 50. All of a sudden you go from 5,000 down to 50. And the crowd doesn't seem so big. That saying that comes to mind for me, it says you can't eat a whole elephant in one bite comes to mind. If you start taking a bite at a time, you can consume the whole elephant. But you try eating the whole elephant, you're dead. That's the same thing. Once we start breaking down and making things more manageable, it makes it easier. Jesus was making it manageable to feed the crowd. It was with this satisfaction that the disciples were able to feed the crowd. Verse 17, it says, it states, And they all ate and were satisfied. They were satisfied. Highlight it. Color it. Underline it. Star it. Mark it. Whatever you got to do. Put it in there. And they all ate and were satisfied. It doesn't say that a hundred of them were satisfied. It doesn't say two thousand of them. Although in that case it would still be a miracle to feed two thousand. But it says all of them. All five thousand were satisfied. So mark it in your Bibles. I have it marked in mine. Because Jesus satisfies you. Jesus wants to be with us and wants to be with and satisfying you. He wanted to be with the disciples. He was going to take them and withdraw them to a place near Bethsaida. Jesus wants to be with you today. Jesus wanted to be with his disciples, but he got interrupted by the crowd. Jesus accepted the crowd. And didn't turn them away. This crowd came from all work, all walks of life, wanting to see the many aspects of this man named Jesus. And yet, Jesus never turned them away. He accepted them. I'm curious to know how many of those 5,000 people on that day were the same ones on the day Jesus was being crucified, yelling to Pilate and to the high priest, crucify him. Because they didn't see the satisfaction that Jesus gives them. You are already accepted by Jesus today. Be excited for Jesus and have faith in Jesus and submit to Jesus and He will always be there waiting for you to accept you. Jesus wants to eat a meal with us and this, this crowd got to eat a meal with Jesus. They got to participate in communion with our Savior. Later, Jesus institutes 
and formalizes communion with his disciples. And it shows us how to participate in communion. Jesus tells us that he won't drink and eat again until we are all with him in heaven. And to be able to participate in the great feast. The biggest and grandest communion where we will all be with Jesus and be satisfied. I'd like to invite Harley and Alyssa back up and whoever else is playing. Nate. The question that I have for you today is, is where are you? Are you one of the people of the crowd? Did you come here looking for someone to argue with? Did you come here looking for miracles? Or are you looking for a celebrity? I can assure you I'm not a celebrity. She got the wrong church. I can tell you right now too that Pastor Joe is not a celebrity. If that's you and you're here looking for an argument or you're looking for miracles or you're looking for a celebrity, good. I'm glad you're here. Come meet with Jesus today. All the rest will not satisfy you, but Jesus will. Maybe you're like one of the disciples today. You're excited to be in the presence of Jesus. Maybe you have no faith or a little bit of faith. Maybe you have faith, but you're lacking somewhere in faith. Possibly to do what you've been called to do by Jesus. That's okay too. Ask Jesus to give you more faith and he will. Maybe today you're here submitting to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe it's the 10th time or the 20th. Or the whatever time it is. doesn't matter if you submit to Jesus and trust him you will be satisfied by Jesus and those three things I'm also glad that you're here for that as I said in the beginning Jesus satisfies our every need and I want you guys to understand that this text shows us that Jesus satisfies us let's go ahead and pray Heavenly Father, I thank you today. I thank you today that I can come up here and preach and teach and be excited for you. God, I pray for the people of the well, whether they're a member or a visitor, that this message was able to to touch them in some way. God, I pray that as the get ready to close that we would be able to open our hearts and our minds to you to be satisfied God I pray for those that that might be here for the first time hearing this God I pray that they would be open and receptive to you God I thank you for who you are and for everything that you satisfy us with your name. Amen. There will be a few people near the front to pray with you, to talk with you. If you have questions, thank you for letting me preach today.
I love you guys a bunch. Let's close out in worshiping with music. You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com.